This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. is Brent James. And if you guys have never heard of Brent James, you guys got to go check this dude out. He's a legit singer-songwriter from Cincinnati, Ohio. Some say he has the stage presence of a young Mick Jagger when performing live. I got a chance to sit down and talk to him about his songwriting process and some of his amazing songs that he's written. Songs like Heaven Down and Yellow Sun. These are truly great songs and all of you guys should go check this, this dude out for sure. We talked about his publishing deal, touring, and he has some great advice for up-and-coming musicians. He is truly an American musician and songwriter who has been in the game a super long time. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. Here is Brent James. Brent, how you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for being on my podcast. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, so for those that don't know, you know, uh, my audience and stuff, you know, could you, you know, talk a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. I'll take it back from the beginning, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, for uh, sure. From, from Frankenmuth, Michigan. Um, I graduated high school from um, Frankenmuth High School, and after I graduated, I... Um, I did some recording and played a lot around the area, um, in like the Saginaw, um, Bay City, Midland, you know, Frankenmuth area growing up. And then after I graduated, um, uh, moved to New York City and lived in New York City for uh, maybe eight years, I think. Um, and then... I uh, was in a band in New York City called My TVs. Did some touring um, in My TVs. Then um, I joined a band with uh, called The Flask with some of the guys from uh, Kid Rock's Twisted Brown Trucker Band. And uh, went back to Michigan while still living in New York City, back and forth, back and forth. And then I started doing my own solo music while I was living in New York City. And... Um, uh, and the manager heard some of my music and sent it down to Skid Mills in Nashville, Tennessee. So then I went from New York City to Nashville and signed a 
signed a, um, a publishing deal with Primary Wave back in New York City, and then oh going back and forth from New York to Nashville, New York to Nashville, signed a record deal with Skid Mills, um, Skid Co. Music, did a record there, and then um, BMG bought my catalog from Primary Wave, um, so uh, let me think here, and then now I live in Cincinnati, um, and yeah, I'm, my, wife got, my wife has a quote-unquote real job. And um, <laughs> so she, got, she, had a, she had a job offer here um, in Cincinnati, and uh, she's actually from kind of Nashville and Cincinnati both. So, um, so it just kind of made sense. I was driving from New York City to Nashville, you know, risking my life through the mountains, you know, yeah. over and over and um, doing that record. And she got that job offer here, and I was like, yeah, let's, let's move four hours from, from Nashville, from Cincinnati, as close to Michigan, where I'm originally from. And, um, so yeah, here, here we are in Cincy and some kind of a nice central place to tour out of and go play shows out of, you know, some good markets that you can head out of here. So, um, cool. yes, yeah, so that's kind of, I guess it in a nutshell, I suppose. What is, uh, you know, for those who don't know, what's a publishing deal? Well, um, pub is like, you know, um, I suppose like if I were to sign a record deal, then they would obviously... You know, they would promote, um, you know, they would promote the record and help us get on tour and all that good stuff. And then a publishing deal kind of, um, you know, helps facilitate co-writes and, um, you know, helps you out with all the paperwork that, you know, that I just had to go through a few days ago. (laughs) (laughs) Back and forth, back and forth, email chains. And, um, you know, they're great about, like, you know, hooking you up with, uh, with, you know, good producers as well. You know, they kind of wear, some of them kind of wear the same hat, I suppose, is what a label would, would, would do. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of co-write stuff um, to hook you up with, I'd say, is probably the, and pitching your music, obviously, for film and television is, you know, probably, oh, yeah. probably the two biggest things. Well, I know, I just heard something I will talk about that is pretty cool for you that just happened in Cincinnati, for the Cincinnati Reds. Um what your one of your songs is going to be played before every before every uh game or something like that is that right yeah they um that's so cool they, yeah i'm really excited about it and it's it's a good uh it's a solid placement they um they yeah it was really cool how it came about but yeah they're gonna play it like um if, like during the games some of the games and then they play it you know post game wrap ups after the games during the games um and then for like online use as well um you know their socials and all that good stuff so dude that's like um that's like a big deal because every time they play it don't you get like a little kick down yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's what i'm nice, talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. the, you know those dudes that you know those guys i think they're called inner circle you know that song Bad boys, bad boys. Yes. Could you imagine if that was like your song? Oh my gosh, dude. Dude, right? I mean, that's like, that's the dream play. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, 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 that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of royalties right there for sure. So the touring, man, um, you've, you know, I guess, uh, you know, you've been traveling and you've gone back and forth and you've done the van thing probably with the trailer you know, touring around and doing all that. What's that like, man, when you're first starting out? Because there's a lot of people that listen to my podcast that are just starting out musicians and, you know, kind of tell them like, 
if you wouldn't mind, like, you know, what it's like and, you know, the, the drive that you have to make it happen, I guess you could say. Yeah, man. Um, or any advice too. Trailer, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, the van and trailer, um, is one of the most, um, oh man, like, uh, Oh, what's the word I'm searching here for here? It's just it's brutal. One of the, well, that, yeah, that, but for me, it was like one of the most, um, like, oh gosh, I don't know how to articulate this proper. Um, like one of the most like eye opening, beautiful, yeah. freeing experiences of my life. It was like, you know, every time you jump in the van with your bros and yeah. you know you're going to eat like shit and you're going to probably <laughs> maybe drink too much. Sorry, should I watch my language? No, here? no, no worries. No, oh, okay, no. okay, cool. Yeah. You know, you know you're going to eat like crap and, um, you know, you're going to maybe have a few too many drinks or whatever, but yeah. you have like no other responsibilities other than keeping your lights on and paying your rent and, um, you know, yeah. The, the grind of the grind of being in the van in the trailer, like we we had we got a bus in a trailer. Like you know, I was lucky enough to have somebody come on board that you know had some of those things to offer, and um, those were amazing opportunities, and th those were beyond fun. And it's uh, you know, don't get me wrong, it's nice to have a bunk to sleep in. That's amazing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the van in the trailer, the stories, the Oh, yeah. The grind of it and the, you know, the love-hate relationship, you know, like <laughs> it makes you tougher and it's like loading into a club when you didn't sleep and just yeah. grinding it out is like, that's, you know, those are the bands that I get into personally, yeah. you know, like the bands that, that are pushing the rock up the hill, which I still am, you know, like I feel like every artist probably, you know, unless you hit like a crazy pinnacle, you know, pretty yeah. much your whole career, you're always going to be pushing the rock up the hill. But yeah, you know, those are the bands that I get into and the artists that I get into the ones that really had to like fight and scrounge for it and, you know, lose sleep and sacrifice, you know, all the stuff for the love of their, their art. You know, those are the, those to me are true, true artists that I yeah. that I get into personally. I know that's not for everybody and some people, and that's fine. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but that's that's like kind of like the mentality that I came from. You know that punk rock DIY, fucking go for it. Yeah. You know, let's get it done, and nobody's gonna work as hard as you will for yourself. Yeah, as you will for yourself type mentality. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, there's uh, I have some friends that are just grinding all over the United States, man, and they're just going for it and it's working and they're getting, yeah. they're getting followings all over the place and they're blowing up you know on the internet and spotify and they're just grinding away man and they're just doing a, a truck and trailer and yep. a three-piece band with a, a gal doing the merch and stuff and yeah. yeah man just killing it just having a good time yeah. and yeah working hard man good lord yeah, there's there's the memories are just you know like uh you know i would say i'm rich quote unquote rich in experience because you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people think oh you're in the music business you do you must be you know, no no no, no. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm rich in experience sure yeah you know, but i'm still working every day it's still a, it's still a, a job what sure. keeps what keeps you going man what keeps you doing what you're loving I think that for me, it's always the unknown. It's the, what can I pull off next? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously writing songs, I write every day. 
Um, well, I shouldn't say that. That would be a lie. I don't write every day. I try to write every day. Sure. You know, um, I do my very best to write every day, but it doesn't always happen. But um, I think the the um, the art of the unknown is an art in and of itself, and trying to find um, something new, some new way to to push a song that you have, or some new way to turn people on to your vibe or what you're going after is what I would say keeps me going. It's just, you know, and it's just always fun. I like to see the reaction too of a new song, you know, when we play it out, you know, people that are into the band, you know, there's a, Oh, you know, yeah. a handful of people. It's not like we have some massive crazy following, but there's definitely a group of people that keep up with what we're doing. And it's always a treat to see, you know, what it's going to do for them and how it's going to touch their life and how it's going to hit their life and you know, move them. So. You wrote a song called uh, Heaven Down, which uh, yes. I, I just was turned on to it. And, um, you know, what's that, what's that song about? And, and how do you go about writing a song? I guess there's a two-part question for you, but... How, what, yeah, what, man. what inspired you to write that song? Man, it's um, it's fitting that you asked me about that song, actually, because um, I wrote that song right after I moved to New York City, and um, it was um, it was kind of born out of there was this this guy, this old Vietnam veteran who was homeless, who lived um, outside of my apartment that we lived in, um, and he was a great dude, and um, one night I used to talk to him after rehearsals every night I'd get home from rehearsal like two two thirty in the morning. We had this little rehearsal space on the Lower East Side, um, in this dungeon we called it. Um, <laughs> and uh, we, I would talk to this guy um, some nights. You know, I'd just stand out there. He'd smoke a cigarette, and I'd eat a slice of pizza and chat with this guy. And uh, and he, in the midst of our conversation one night, um, he said "heaven down," and it just stuck with me. Um, just those words did and you know like i write songs from kind of like uh um you know like i pull from a lot of things when i start one either it's a guitar vibe and then something kind of comes about lyrically and melodically or you know some of the stuff i have like it will start with the title you know and that was just um i guess one of the songs that started with the title um with heaven down um and it's just you know kind of a little bit about our conversation um that i had with him but yeah great dude um great great guy but yeah it's uh yeah i wrote that tune and then that song man you know that i love that tune and we play it and people love it when we play it and it's one of those songs that i've never put out um but i think i should probably put it out um i recorded that with skid when we did the moment of silence record and but then i also recorded it with um with uh, the Flask, that band that I was in with Kenny Olson from Kid Rock's Twisted Brown Trucker Band, we did a record in L.A. called uh, um, Match in the Gas Tank. Yeah. Um, but Eddie Kramer mixed it out there at the Mixer in the Burbank. And, um, and it was a great record, but we recorded that song um, two times. So I'm always kind of like, oh, I don't know which... I, like, I know which version I should put out, you know? Yeah, I like, I like um, how you do these little, like, acoustic uh, YouTube videos of you playing songs too those are cool man kind of intimate oh yeah you know? yeah cool and yeah, uh cool. dude you ha you have a song also that kind of stuck with me which i really like was called yellow sun and oh yeah and yeah. and dude that is a good song man that's a thank you so super much. super pro great lyrics um great chord changes um 
one of the chords kind Thank of you. Uh, my you know when you're singing the the verse and stuff you go down to a, a chord that that just kind of gives it this whole kind of cool vibe that you would you wouldn't mm-hmm. expect you know and, yeah, thank uh, you so much. Yeah. So how do some of the songs that you write, do they come really quick or does it take a little while for you to to get them done? You know, like sometimes, you know, songwriters write them within like, you know, 15 minutes because it's just flowing so, so good. And then sometimes you're just like, oh, OK, well, you know, how does it work for you? Well, I know um, I have a friend um, who will take, honestly, a couple weeks to finish it. Um I personally, if I don't finish it when it's born out of my mouth or out of my strumming pattern, if I don't finish it, I will not finish it. Uh So for me, it has to be finished. It has to be finished. I I look at a song as like uh, being in like a particular like bubble that has been blown, you know, out of like, you know, when you're a kid and you're blowing bubbles and all these bubbles are going all over the place. I'm in a particular bubble at that very moment. Yeah. um, Floating and it's going to burst at some point. So <laughs> I've got to finish it. I've got to finish the song and I've got to make it as great as I, as humanly possible before it bursts and I fall down to the ground and shatter into a bunch of pieces. And then I go away, yeah. you know? So if I don't finish the song, um, I, I have to, I just, I, it won't get finished. Otherwise it's just, you know, I, I feel like anytime I write one, it's just like, it's a, it's there for a reason. You're in this moment for a reason. Finish the song, you know. And I'm not saying Myra Way is the right way. Of course, you know, my people yeah. write songs takes a long time. Some great songs have been written that way. But for me personally, like, uh-huh. um, I just I can't, I can't pause on it. I can't sleep on it. It's just it's got. Now I will say, you know, some songs, you know, once I deem them quote unquote finished in my head, um, I usually try to live with them. And then you know, like I will go back and like you know, tweak lyrics or something, or if words don't work well together, or certain syllables don't sing well together, um, or the first letter of the song doesn't sing well and isn't very attacky, you know, enough to the ear, then I'll change some of that stuff. But um, but for the most part, I try to just roll with it and, you know, finish it up right then and there. Yeah, some of my favorite songs have been, you know, I wrote a song called Shine, Shine, Shine that's on uh, the Moment of Silence record. And honestly, it's probably the fastest song I ever wrote. And a song called It's All Right. Those two songs in particular, um, those were honestly 10, 15 minutes tops. Like they were just boom, boom, boom. Lyric came, chord changes came, bridges came. Um, everything was just kind of presented itself right there. Do you you know, think, those were kind of the two outliers. Do you think that's like a gift? You know, like to be able to have a song come to you that quick and... You know what I mean? It's like there's something that's kind of giving you this gift to like, you know, uh, give the world kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, I think, um, I don't know. Yeah. It's a good question, man. You know what um, I mean? I'm a pretty, uh, you know, I'm a pretty spiritual guy myself. You know, yeah. I mean, I feel like God's handing these things to me and more you know, like every song I feel like is just here, you know, this is from some other yeah. point in your life that is going to be channeled here and it's going to come out in this way. Um, and here you go. You know, um, I definitely believe that. I think that every human has that in them, uh, sure. personally. Um, I think whether or not you decide to look at it, you know, is, you know, I know some people don't, you know, or, Maybe they decide to be an accountant. I always tell my I joke with my wife because I say I think every human being has some sort of artistic talent that is you know naturally given to them. Um, it's just it, there's a sense of um, you know bravery that come when you're young. You kind of are like you know you really don't care you know like um, 
then you'll go for it. You know, as you get yeah. older, you get a little bit more reserved. So I think when, you know, the younger you are, you know, to push the arts on kids, um, you know, and let them know, you know, like, you know, I know, um, for instance, my two kids, like, you know, if they sing, I never laugh, even if they're a little bit pitchy or whatever. I yeah. always I'm like, I'm always there with them and I'm always yeah. into it and I'm always vibing with them because you're going to grow out of that, you know, yeah. um, and you're going to, you know, some people are uncomfortable with singing and the moment and they make them feel awkward. You know, there's that little phrase, yeah. so, you know, people want to laugh and get out of that situation, you know, if they're, you know, new at it or whatever, but I'm, I always try to be like, come on, let's go. You know, and I think if you tap into that at a young age, then, you know, whether it's drawing or painting or watercolor or singing or dancing or whatever your outlet is. Yeah. Um, I think that everybody has a little bit in them for sure. Have you heard your song in that, uh, the Cincinnati, is it the Cincinnati Reds, right? Stadium yet? Yeah. Have you, have you heard it? Yes. Yeah. Um, not not in the stadium yet. Uh, they've been uh, since since the deal happened um, like four or five days ago. Uh, they've been on the road. They haven't been in the stadium yet. Uh-huh. But we've heard it on TV. Yeah, oh, you did? On TV so far. Yeah. yeah. Oh no way. What's that like, man? Oh man, it was it was is that awesome. cool. Um, yeah, it's very cool. It's like hearing it on the radio for the first time when you don't know it's going to be played. You know? Yeah. Like, that's like it's that feeling of oh whoa, there it is. Hey, cool. I didn't even know it was going to happen. I'd like to see your reaction at the stadium when they're playing it on the you know for all those yeah, people. Wouldn't yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, I want to hopefully. Um, yeah, I'm definitely. I go to a ton of games, <laughs> so hopefully it happens. Hopefully I'm at the right one when they play it. You know? Exactly. So do you collaborate at all with other songwriters or other companies um, or do. anything? Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. I've got, you know, BMG. Um, I've got a new A&R guy there um, who's been awesome. A couple of guys, um, Gerard and Dimitri there um, that I just started working with that are just, they're amazing, amazing guys. Um, are, they like song- what you would are they songwriters too or? Um, or what do they do? I, the, uh, I know one of them, um, uh, Gerard in, um, in New York City is a sax player. I know that. Um, oh, okay. And then I believe Dimitri, I believe he's a bass player. Um, I think is somebody told me okay. he plays bass. I'm pretty sure. So um, I just kind of started working with these guys, um, like in this new capacity, with you know, um, recently. So and still you- getting to know each other and going through my catalog and all that stuff to you know, trying to you know, pitch songs and. Oh, I um, see. Either get them cut or get them used for film and TV. So, so they they bought your whole, all your songs or something, right? Is that right? Yeah, I, um, I had I initially Larry Mistel at Primary Wave initially signed me, and then uh, BMG uh, bought some of the catalogs from Primary Wave, and mine was mine was one of those catalogs. Dude, you said so did you get a nice little chunk? Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm talking uh, about. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah it's the it's one gone. thing, you know, when you when you get some money, um, you know, like yeah. the publishing deal is always that's a cool. nice little, uh, hey, this is actually real type thing. Yeah, <laughs> you know? man. You Especially know? when you're living in a van and trailer for so many years and, you know, watching, you know, the guys in your van, you know, like have all these crazy ridiculous experiences and you feel like good god what am i doing out here like this is crazy yeah. um so it kind of it helps to you know it helps to legitimize things in my in your in your mind to touch you know but not not anything crazy but. i saw that uh, you have played with a whole bunch of different bands you know and um i one of them stuck out you know huey lewis um 
and I got to meet Huey Lewis a long time ago, many years ago, and, and watch him play and stuff. What an amazing uh, artist as well as songwriter and stuff. What was it like playing with some of these uh, these different artists that you've opened up for, like Ted Nugent I saw on there and all these other bands? What was it like, and what was your favorite memory from any of those? Yeah, um, uh, Huey, it's funny you bring Huey up because he's – He's like my text buddy, man. He, um, Huey is, Huey is one of my favorite people. He's one of the nicest guys. He has no ego. Yeah. Um, an absolute gem of a human being. And the fact that the guy even knows who I am or writes me back and um, <laughs> gives me feedback on my songs yeah. is just absolutely crazy. And he, to me, is um, obviously one of the greatest. Sorry, I'm just gonna go off on him for a second because I love him so much. But he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time in my opinion and honestly like i don't know if you ever heard him play i play harmonica yeah um, oh yeah he's he's just an absolute destroyer like the guy is untouchable in my you know um him and mickey Raphael, you know who plays with willie like those two guys are just absolute animals there's some great harp players out there obviously john pablo but for me yeah. huey is just like huey kills he just the, his breathing technique you know he's just not so anyway yeah um, he was amazing to play with. Um, uh, Ted was great. Ted was, um, you know, I'm from Michigan. Ted likes to throw oh, yeah. bones to guys that are from the glove. Um, and he was nice enough to um, to let us jump out with him. And, um, you know, great stories about, you know, just doing stuff with Ted. And we've toured with uh, Candlebox has taken us out, um, Kevin Martin. Yeah. Um, you know, those guys, you know, some some of the nicest dudes ever. And Kevin's become a good friend and, yeah, good lord. I played with Stone Temple Pilots, ZZ Top, done some stuff with those guys. Um, oh, wow. What was it like? Oh, man. What, Chris what, were Daughtry. The, what was the Stone Temple Pilots like? The cool guys? Uh, they were great. Yeah, yeah, they were great. Yep. Super nice dudes. Yep. Super nice guys. Yeah. We played with them uh, 2010 and then maybe 2012, I believe. Wow. Um, so a little while ago. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think who else I played. Good God. Kid Rock, Buck Cherry. Oh, man. The list is. Uh, over the years, you know, we've played with um, played with many, many folk, that's for sure. So I'll tell you a story about Huey. So I somehow got to go backstage because the opening act was a blues artist from San Francisco, and he was playing at this big uh, theater called the Greek Theater in, uh, in Hollywood. And um, he, uh, he was backstage, you know, and it was what I thought, what I thought was very interesting is um, – when the curtains were closed, he was like peeking through the curtains to watch the crowd come in. And I thought that was pretty cool because I used to do that too. <laughs> you know, where you like, yeah. you're checking the crowd out, you know, as they're walking in and stuff. Totally. Yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And so, um, the opening act played and stuff and then, um, they're getting ready to go on and they're, they open the curtains and, and Huey's all, where's my band? Where's my band? And, and they're all, well, right here, Huey. <laughs> he, was like totally, <laughs> he was like totally nervous, you know, which is awesome. I mean, you got to be, right? Yeah. Good performance. Yeah. And he was, totally. it, it was cool to see that side of such a big artist, you know, and, and yeah. uh, you know, I got to experience that, you know, backstage right when they were going out, you know, so it was really cool to see. For sure, man. man. Yeah. yeah, we still do it too, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the nerves, good. I mean, I was talking to somebody yesterday and we were talking about that. Um, you know, if you get nervous before, absolutely, man, because you want to, you want to do a good job, right? You know, yeah, you, you, sure. you want everything to go down good and, and all that kind of yep. stuff. 
so so being so being from uh michigan you know you have you done some acting too i've heard or have you done a little bit of acting what kind of acting have you done yeah um you know that that kind of came about um kind of in a weird way when i was right when i moved to new york um i was i was writing songs actually um heaven down i had just written heaven down and i wanted to go in and demo that song out acoustic vocal with a couple other songs and i was searching for a studio to record in and my wife's friend was like hey i just moved in with these two guys these two roommates um she was like you know you should come over and um and meet greg um he has the studio like in our apartment it's like really nice i was like okay cool so um, I went over to the studio and met Greg. He was great and had a really nice studio in his apartment on like 54th Street in like his 7th Avenue, I think, something like that. Um, and went in there and started recording these songs. And we recorded most of the day, just acoustic vocal stuff, just some stuff I could hash out and just, you know, hear. And, um, and his roommate got home, this guy named Christian, and he walked through the door and um we he came into the studio after the session and we were just all sitting there having a having a hang in the chat and uh he asked me what i was doing you know for work because i had just moved there and um i told him i was like you know i'm you know applying at all of like the usual suspect places you know like you know guitar shops and guitar centers and you know vintage clothing stores all the stuff that i was kind of into you know and uh he was like well, well don't take those jobs don't don't take those jobs and i was like okay well i don't know man i, I need a job, I need a job you know? so <laughs> yeah. he was like well he's like i'm a casting director so he's like instead of doing that i'll put you to work during the week on film and tv stuff that i cast for and then on the weekends and starting like thursdays you know you can go out and you know play shows so i was like okay you know like i left and i was like whatever you know like that would be amazing if that happened but you know well fast forward to a week later um he um he cast me on the sopranos um and i'm literally it's like a week later week and a half later and i'm it, I, I was having lunch no on the way. break um with like i'm sitting at a table with the cast of the sopranos like no it's way. absolutely crazy yeah there was like it was background work, you know, like I had a couple featured roles, but I got wavered in the Screen Actors Guild, which was amazing because, you, yeah. make, you know, more money in SAG. And yeah. um, he, he basically like paid my rent for years just off of, you know, the film and TV stuff that I did and the commercial stuff that I was able to do. Um, just an absolute great guy. You know, helps artists out, um, cares, you know, um, hard people to find was definitely blessed by the hand of God on that one, you know, like yeah. push this guy into this room. Um, and just a really good guy. But yeah, he, he definitely hooked up some interesting, some interesting moments from here for me. Dude, that's awesome. That world. Yeah. So do you still yeah. get like a, like a little royalty check every once in a while because they're still playing that out there? How's that work? Yeah. You know, you just cool? things that come in. Um, <laughs> yeah, that and like, good God, I did like law and order. Oh, you IT. did? I did. Uh, I was the bartender in Nick and Nora's infinite playlist with Michael Sarah, which Michael Sarah is one of the nicest humans ever. I had a, got to hang out with him for like a whole week. We used uh -huh. to walk back and forth to the, uh, um, from the subway to the set, you know, after, um, just a great guy. Um, 
what else was on Motherhood with Uma Thurman, Fighting, uh, Dino Montiel, uh, directed that with Channing Tatum. He was like the lead in that. He was super cool, dude. Hung out with him. Um, man, there's just so much other stuff. I did a rock band commercial. I body doubled for Dave Grohl. I, <laughs> really? um, man, I'm trying to think what else. That's amazing, dude. man. Is, yeah, the Sex in the City, the movie. I think it was like the second. Some of, A lot of this stuff, I used to have it on DVD because like, there was a yeah. point where, like, I would do these things, you know. Um, oh, I was um, on Lipstick Jungle with Brooke Shields and Andrew McCarthy and uh, <laughs> I can't think of the other lady's name. I was um, I was Deegan McNeil, like, the whole episode. It was on NBC. Um, yeah, Lipstick Jungle was like, what it was called. Yeah. Um, but I was, uh, Deegan McNeil was my character on there. Um, and uh, it was, like, the whole episode was, like, based around my character. Like, Leaving Rambin was my girlfriend on the, that episode. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff. I just can't, can't remember, but I used sure. to have all the, the DVDs and cause my kids ask me about it all the yeah. time and I'm like, man, I don't remember. I think, yeah. You know, my wife will, you know, kind of recall some things here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, there was just, you know, years of, of, um, of doing that stuff. So no doing, more of that? Are you just, are you going to do any more? Um, you know, um, somebody introduced me to someone here in Cincinnati. They're doing a lot of films in Cincy and I'm in Screen Actors Guild and there's not a lot of people here that are in SAG. So, yeah. um, there's like, I think a number that like has to, a number of people that have to be used maybe in the Screen Actors Guild oh, okay. for film and TV, like X amount. Or, I'm not positive about that. I may be wrong, but, yeah. um, yeah, I did meet somebody that's the casting director here. So I might, I might bark up that tree, um, try and get some <laughs> cool. other stuff cooking and, yeah, try, man. and try and do yeah. stuff. Cause I live really close to downtown. I'm only like eight miles from downtown. So, um, I shoot a lot of stuff down there. So it's, yeah, hopefully who knows, man, I'll let you know if I do. <laughs> so I, I have a, I have a fly fishing business, you know, in a, in a fly fishing store, you know, um, oh, nice. and so Great. people will, people will call from Los Angeles, you know, Hey, we need uh, somebody to, you know, be the guy out there, you know, that's casting next to a Ram truck or, or whatever right and so yeah. I've, I've done a few of those you know and and uh you know when you get that check I, i'm just like what is this <laughs> yeah you know yeah. it's like free money i'm like whoa this yeah. is awesome yeah you know? mailbox yeah. <laughs> yeah mailbox money baby yeah it's, it's the best so um was all that filming and stuff done in new york were you were you doing like the sopranos was all like on on that area yeah like, yep. all those yeah brooklyn jersey okay um, in New York City. I'm trying to think if I did anything yeah. out of state. Um, I did do a movie uh, in Detroit called um, Panic in Detroit um, that was like we did the song for the soundtrack um, which was a David Bowie cover called Panic in Detroit um, as well. Uh, but I don't know if the movie ever, I think it came out like straight to DVD or something but I think uh -huh. Yeah, I've done some stuff in L.A. played in L.A. a ton, uh, shows in L.A. all over oh. out there. But I don't think I've ever done any. Um, I did, you know, some podcast stuff and interview stuff and, yeah. you know, some radio stuff, a ton of radio stuff out there. But, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think I've ever shot anything any, anywhere else than mainly East Coast, like, you know, Jersey, Brooklyn, Queens, New York area. What was, uh, you know, his name, what was his name, Gondolfini? Um, James Gandolfini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. yeah. What was he yeah. like, man? I mean, he's super, super nice. Super nice. Yeah, yeah, super nice. I'll never forget. Um, one of my first memories of him was I was sitting, um, I was sitting like near the craft services table, like eating like a granola bar or something at like eight in the morning. 
and I couldn't afford um, I couldn't afford uh, HBO, so I'd never seen The Sopranos. <laughs> so I had no idea, <laughs> you know, what I was what I was even on or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I knew like I knew the title of the show, but I had never seen it in one episode of it. So like. Um, I wasn't like, you know, in awe over everybody, but I remember him coming up and saying hello and talking um, to the people at craft services. And when he walked away and turned to walk away, I remember him looking right at me as I'm sitting on the ground, um, you know, and him just saying, Hey, good morning. How's it going? You know, it was just uh, super cool. cool. You know, no, no, it didn't seem to have any sort of uh, ego or airs about him at all. Did you, uh, did you get to see him in action? Like in front of the uh, camera and stuff like that, doing his thing? Oh Yeah. What yeah, was, yeah, yep. Just like yeah, ins- instant was, character, just kind of went into yeah, it. Yeah, straight up master. Yep, uh, Matt Damon as well. I was in um, uh, one of the Born. I don't even know. I don't know that I've ever seen him. A Born supremacy or Born whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he was he was also somebody that kind of stuck out in my mind of being like, okay, uh, in action, it's just like click, boom, here we are. Wow. Um, Pros. Yeah, yeah, super, super cool. Yeah, it was really fun to see that world. Um, up close um and my friend megan um you know who introduced me to christian um and greg to go over there and record and like she's she's killing the costume world her name's megan casper like and she's doing like you know huge stuff like she did all the i think she, gosh um oh man i don't want to screw it up but i don't know like these huge 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 movies she's got like she's been nominated for emmys and um you know, i want to say some other stuff but yeah she, she's doing great stuff you know, it kind of, she got something about the world and went really far and deep with it and it's very successful now, which is cool to watch. So what's down the road for you? What's coming up and, and where can people find your music and, you know, Brent James and the vintage youth and all that? Yeah, we are, um, I'm about to go back down to Nashville and record some more stuff. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. It's just uh, at Brent James Music. And then Facebook is at Brent James Music as well. Um, Twitter as well. That's just kind of from my okay. Instagram feed. I'm lazy with Twitter. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like all the, you know, TikTok I think is at Brent James Music. And I'm lazy with that too. Um, I just, you know, Instagram is just kind of one of those things that it's easy to pump out what's yeah. going on and then just side into the Facebook thing. But yeah, you know, I go, you know, go on those two probably social media wise. And then um, our website is BrentJamesMusic.com. So everything's just pretty much under Brent James. Okay, cool. Music. Dude, you're a, you're a talented dude, man. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, and I want everybody to go out and, and definitely check you out. And hopefully when you come out to the West, you know, we can get some people out there to check you out and listen to your music live too. Cause yeah. I, hear, I hear that you're, you're kind of like a young, uh, Jagger. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that's what I hear. Yeah, we, so yeah, we definitely got to get back out there, man. We played, um, and we play, uh, we used to, um, primary wave throws this big Grammy party that I always come out for. They still are kind enough to invite oh, yeah. me out to it. Um, and we usually try to do, um, we'll come on and do that. And then sometimes we'll book that along with a show, um, at, like Viper room. we played the Viper room a few times, oh, yeah. some whiskey a few times and, yeah. uh, peppermint, uh, peppermint clubs. Is that was called some yeah. peppermint out there. Yeah. yeah I've done that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> one other place. so many clubs yeah, i'm sure you've done it's like oh my god yeah 
Yeah, some really cool rooms. We've done one other. I can't remember. There's one other. Oh, um, oh man, this dude. Um, man, this guy that I knew, God rest his soul, Jim Schumacher. He was at Capitol Records. Um, this is actually a really funny, quick story. So <laughs> when I was like, uh, when I was like, uh, oh man, I was probably like 16, 17. I was always, I'm upset. I was always obsessed with like the business side of music and like how it all works, you know, the inner workings. And, oh, yeah. um, I used to sit like on my bedroom floor and I had this thing called the musician's Atlas. I don't know if you remember that back in the day. It was like oh, a hard night. For sure. Um, yeah. So I used to sit with that, um, in my bedroom and like, just call labels, just call, call these record companies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause they had all the phone numbers there. And I was like, yeah. like, this is awesome. Like, let me just call, pick these guys brains and like learn about this. So I called Capital one day and this dude picks up the phone named Jim Schumacher. And, um, I talked to this guy like all the time. He was just a wealth of knowledge. Like he had been in bands and toured and, you know, and been signed and had other things happen in his career and ended up at Capitol and was just like a great sounding board for, for a young kid, like trying to figure it out and like navigate a world that I had zero connections in, you know, like my mom can sing, but like there was nobody in my family that was in like a cool band, you know, that some people have. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, thrown in, you know, and like figure it out type thing. Um, and I just, I remember talking to him all the time and um, my band that I was in, we were called baked goods. And uh, <laughs> my, cousin was the guitar player and i booked us a show um at the whiskey and i was like we have to get there i already booked the show we got to get there i think we had to pay like 300 bucks to play there pay to play shit yeah and play, um, yep. so i was like yes yeah. so i was like we got to figure this out guys we got to get to la i got us a show at the whiskey man we got to figure it out so like we played shows and like i raised money locally like for playing tickets um from different businesses you know nice. got other businesses involved in it and stuff um, but I ended up calling and be like, Hey man, like we have a show at the whiskey. I booked this, this show at the whiskey. He's like, dude, I'll be there. So he came to the show. And after the show, he was like, Hey man, you want to come back to Capitol records? Cause we went on at like six o'clock or something crazy early. So we went back to Capitol and, um, I remember he took us everywhere at Capitol. We ended up going up to the rooftop of Capitol records and I've got all these pictures and it was like those disposable camera times. There were no phones, you know. This was in, what, like 99, 2000, something like that. And we were up on the roof of Capitol Records, and he showed us everywhere. But um, he ended up booking us a show at this place um, in West Hollywood called The Haze. And it was uh, like a medicinal ma uh, marijuana place. Awesome. <laughs> I remember we came back out and... Uh, and we played at the Hayes like a year later. And I just remember being on stage, like not being able to sing or breathe because they're like, the, the Hayes was literally a Hayes. Like it was so thick. That's um, crazy. But just a great dude. Another guy that has been like, you know, he went over to Epic Records after that. And, and then it was at Atlantic. And I used to always go up to those offices, just hang out with him and, you know, shoot the shit. And, yeah. you know, he'd introduced me to people and he's introduced me to some great people out there. Um, but he ended up passing away from cancer, but which really sucks. He's uh. an absolute gem of a dude. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Just a great guy, man. I'll, I'll never forget him, but yeah, I thought that was a uh, great story. A, a story worth telling for Jim, Jim's eye. So, uh, one, uh, actually two more questions, if you don't mind, what's the, yeah, no. what's the, you know, all these different places that you've played, you know, all over the, the U S and what, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you? Like at, 
while you're playing? Do you have any story of, of something that might have happened when you were playing back in the day or recently or or is there too many? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Um, it's crazy how so, so many stuff. Man. Yeah, you know, I guess it depends. Like, there's a lot of like categories of crazy. Like, some of them, yeah. some of them probably aren't um, yes, terrible. Uh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, um, I've had I've had experiences of lessons learned of what mm. not to do, and I had to learn that in a really hard way um, uh-huh. with certain things. Um, but as far as like on stage. Um, you know, something that stands out, I guess we were playing this show with Buck Cherry in, uh, in Covington, Kentucky, and we were finishing our set with, um, a cover song actually, uh, called the rocker by Thin Lizzy. And it is just, it's such a ripper of a tune. And we went into it. The crowd went crazy. They knew the song, which, you know, a lot of people kind of don't know it. If you're like really in deep into Bid Lizzy, like you might know the tune, yeah, yeah. but the crowd knew it and was into it. And this crowd was straight up electric. So, um, our tour manager was up on the side of the stage and, um, I had needed my tambourine and he threw me my tambourine from across the stage, dude. Like, I mean, full baseball throw. I caught it perfectly on the downbeat i go into it the crowd goes absolutely crazy so we're throwing down we're about <laughs> to end the song and like there's this big dramatic you know vamp out ending you know yeah. and i'm hitting my tambourine and i'm playing it so hard that right on the last downbeat of the song ending i hit the tambourine against my hand in the tambourine uh whatever they're called the timbre whatever those little shaky things are I can't yeah. what they're called um, yeah they go all over the crowd and dude, it looks like we had it planned and i'm like there was not one thing planned about that but people that saw that We're show freaking still out right and they still say dude i was at that show that was crazy we did with the tambourine i'm like dude what shit wasn't planned man. i think people thought that it was like an exploding tambo or something but that was like a really cool moment of like you know like showmanship and like what you can get from a crowd if you really do yeah something some cool shit, some different stuff and aren't afraid to get bloody and, you know, uh, break a tambourine on your hand, you know, and get some splinters with it. (laughs) So Um, is there a point when you're playing and performing that, you know, you, you have the crowd in like the palm of your hand, kind of a vibe. Is there, is there, is there sometimes where you're just like, man, this crowd's just not understanding. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. You know, yeah. The run of the, the joke of the band is, um, you know, when we, like we have played some dates with some legacy acts who are legendary, who are heroes of mine, who I'm grateful to even be on the bill with. Sure. Um, but when you play those shows sometimes with that legacy crowd, you tend to get there. And when you see chairs, you automatically are like, damn. Yeah, they're going to be sick. Okay, because it's a whole other <laughs> level of workmanship that you got to get them on their feet somehow. So, mm-hmm. like, it's a challenge for sure. Um, yeah. And um, I've had to do it many. There's actually a funny video um, online um, of a song called Can't Escape um, that I, when we were doing some dates with Alice Cooper, um, you know, some of those some of those rooms were seated, not all of them, but some of them were. And uh, there is a video out there where I had to get like, 
you know, I don't know, 10,000 people on their seat, on their feet, <laughs> which, which ended up working. But, like, it was the first show I ever did that at of, like, you know, you've got all these people sitting down, you know, yeah. and like, you know, with their arms folded right out of the gate, like, impress me, you know, yeah. you're here to work for me, top five. And um, you have to, you got to find a way in some way, shape, or form. You have to find that that small thing that's going to identify with them, that's going to, you know, you got to talk to them, you got to get in with them, and then you got to get them on their feet at some point. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, good yeah. show, you know, eh, yeah. you know. I mean, if you walk off, even if they're only on their feet for that last three and a half minutes of that last tune, then you walk off like crazy energetic about it and yeah. you're ready to go to the merch table and make some money, you know. But if you come <laughs> off the stage, then it's like if nobody got up, if you you know, yeah. that, I will say there hasn't been a time where I haven't been able to knock on wood. Good God. Um, there yeah. hasn't been a time where I uh, haven't been able to get everybody on their feet in those situations. But um, people, so, people but yeah, have it's, no it's idea. A challenge. Yeah. People have no idea how hard that is to do. You know, it's a challenge for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I, um, I always tell my kids whenever we go out to eat or go someplace, um, and if there's a live musician in the room and they're on the stage, I don't care if the person is, is off key as it gets and is playing out of tune. They are up there. They're trying. They might be new. And you clap for them no fucking matter what. And I don't care if you're the only one in the room clapping because clapping yeah. breeds clapping. If you yes. clap for them, somebody yeah. at the table next nice. to you is going to clap. And you have some respect for the people that are up there you know, doing it because I've been up there and I have been in the rooms where everybody's staring at their food or staring at their phone, and it does not matter how great you're singing or what song you're playing. I have had the room where I have been stiff and you don't get the claps. And it doesn't yeah. matter, man. If you're playing to five people in a room and two of them clap or one of them clap, it yeah. makes the show. For Absolutely. You. You, leave, you leave feeling like you had some success, you know? So that's like, give, be their success. Be that person's success. And the rest of your life, when you're out doing this shit, Turn yeah. your head. Don't look away. They're up there. Yeah. You're in the room with them. You made the decision to sit here and eat. And you're at this place. You, you know, yes. clap your hands. So, sorry. I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, I'll stop no. bitching about that. No, one. I I love it. You know, there's a quote from uh, I think it's David Grohl from uh, the Foo Fighters, and somebody asked him, you know, what's it like, you know, when you first start out? And he's like, dude, you just gotta go and play and suck, and get yes. out there and just go out there and play and suck, man, and yep. you'll get better. You'll get better, but you got to go do it. You got to go do it. Yeah. So that's exactly. my next. That's my next question for you. And my last question is, you know, there's a lot of people that are up and coming, um, you know, musicians that that want to do exactly what you're doing, and playing all the time and stuff and songwriting. Is there any advice that you could give them um, as they're growing in their musicianship and performance and stuff? Hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, man. Um, I would say, um, obviously number one, just number one, uh, concentrate on the song. Number one, the song, if you don't have that, then there's absolutely no point in being in the business, obviously, but concentrate on your songwriting. Yes. And, you know, honing that skill and reading and um, listening to what other songwriters have to say, taking advice from, you know, you could listen to a, you know, somebody could listen to this and if they take one little thing, you know, that has helped me, then it potentially could help them down the road. And that's what I did is like every single thing, every single person, I try to be a sponge, you know, like I really, 
you know, I have so much respect for the arts and the craft of songwriting and the music business, I guess, in general, yeah. and the way that it operates. I'm a, I'm a constant student of the game, 100 yeah. million percent. I will never stop being a constant student of the game. Because yeah. um, it's an, as you know, it's an ever, you know, ever evolving slash changing game. Um, yeah. But I would say concentrate on the song. And then after you have some songs, you know, um, some good songs, you know, like songs that you know that when you listen to them, there's nothing that makes you cringe and there's nothing that makes you think, ah, I don't know about this part. Once you have that within your song, then you have the confidence to go out and start moving in rooms, business rooms, yeah. um, you know, publishers, labels, um, and get to those communities, um, you know, learn about the business side of music, learn about contracts, learn about live music contracts, um, learn mm -hmm. about all that stuff. All that stuff is accessible on the internet now. Um, that was not accessible as easily when I was coming up, you know, like I had to, chase people down and bug them and call them constantly and annoy people, you know, to get those types of things. But it's there now, like you have a leg up now. Um, and if you have, if you have drive and just, you're just fucking hungry because you want it so damn yeah. bad, yep. as long as you continue to work and work and put in the work, those little things, there will be a gazillion things in this business that make you not want to do it anymore. Yes. Trust me, coming from me, it is, there will be a gazillion things where you lose faith and you lose and you're self-conscious and, you know, don't let yourself because as an artist, you know, we're all artists. As I said, everybody is self-conscious and don't let your, um, don't let, don't let your self-consciousness get to you and knock you out of the game because, you're only one song away from um, from being successful and having some success and be a damn good person and, you know, be be somebody that, you know, people want to talk to and people want to call back and, you know, yeah. aren't going aren't gonna to be a shitty person. But, um, yeah, I would say those things are um, muy importante in my, in my <laughs> book. But, yeah, yeah fo it. focus on the damn song. Get, a freaking, get your hit song <laughs> popping, man. You know, and if you get, if you find one, well, let me know. You know, I'm always searching. I'm always, I'm always trying to write it. You know, if you figure out the formula, everybody's trying to figure out the damn formula. Well, dude, um, you know, I, you have a new fan for sure out here on the West, man. And if you ever come out here, you, yeah, back at you. please let me know. And uh, I can get a bunch of people to come for sure and, and check you out. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank you for being on my podcast and I wish you more success, man. Oh, thank you, man. Where where are you based again? We're um, we're in uh, like the Ventura, Santa Barbara, Bakersfield, West Coast area. And, oh, uh, yeah, and my, Dwight Yoakam vibe out there. Yeah, right? yep, yep, oh, man. Dwight's yeah. in town, I think, tonight, actually. I believe he's in town tonight, actually. Is yep. he? Yep, I believe he is in Cincinnati, Ohio, tonight yeah. at the uh, Andrew J. Brady Center, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yeah, man, I mean, that's a sign I need to go and uh, get somebody to get me into that damn show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, my, uh, my studio is up in Kernville, California, which is on the Kern River. Um, and so that's where I'm at right now, um, talking to you. But, uh, yeah, I'm all, nice. I'm all over the place, man. But, yeah, Bakersfield, uh, West Coast country, or West Coast Nashville, for sure, man. <laughs> very cool man yeah, yeah. that's awesome dude that well, is awesome 
thanks again, man, and uh, hope to talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, pleasure talking to you. Thanks for having me on, man. All right, man. Talk soon. It's a guy jeans podcast. <laughs> <laughs>